we're going to take you back. We're going to take you back to a time where things were different, where men and women didn't make their money just on the internet. You know, the mafia ran things. Families owned goats. And real entrepreneurs have businesses that were you could wrap your hands around. You know, that's, that's what we're doing today. And, and we're going to kick that off with a key question to everyone on here. You know, if you're at the running of the bulls, are you a spectator or are you a bull yourself? I'm just going to leave with that prompt. Uh, welcome, <laughs> welcome, Rohan, to the pod. Uh, Rohan, uh, we're here to talk about a lot today. Talk about the cleaning business. I think you're you're doing SaaS and more more behind the scenes there. You got the info product around it. Uh, give us the intro. Give us the rundown, man. Yeah, Rohan, um, originally from Barbados. Um, I moved to the U.S. for college like uh, a couple of years back. Um, I did a degree in finance and accounting um, for no good reason. Um, worked 10 years in D.C. and then got laid off around the real estate downturn and had to find a way to make money. Um, my first business that was that, that rescued me from having a full time job was basically an online cleaning business where I connected people that wanted their homes clean with people that want, wanted to clean homes and kept a percentage. Um, I took that business, built it to about um, I, I think we just crossed like 17 million dollars. Oof. And then um, while building that business, I built some software to run the operations. I turned that into its own product, built that to a couple of million dollars and exited that. And along the way, I've been building more SaaS. I've been building info products. I've just been building, you know, builders build. Builders yeah, build. That's my story. <laughs> so that's my little backstory, bro. Love it. Love it. Thank, well, thanks for joining us, man. I think uh, we all sort of are have our hands in, in tons of stuff like that as well. I, bro, I had no idea that you were, you were top lining, you know, mid eight figures in revenue in that cleaning business. That is sick. I mean, and that like, that is just like super, super cool to me. Um, and I'm fascinated by that sort of how you go from, uh, like sort of that cleaning business into selling your sawdust, so to speak, and then into SAS. Like that's the ultimate, like that's the ultimate grab of every corner of, of, uh, of, of that, I mean, of that the, business, if that makes sense. I saw a tweet the other day that was like all entrepreneurs end up as as real estate entrepreneurs. And it feels like you're like on that trajectory. Before you know it, you're just going to own a bunch of land and not do anything else. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, so the, the, first, <laughs> the first version was is like just arbitrage on like cleaners and, and people searching or, or needing. Yeah, things. yeah. First version was arbitrage because my background was at the time I was dabbling with affiliate marketing on eBay and I had kind of learned a little bit on how to drive traffic and I figured, hey, if I can do affiliate marketing for like for regular e-commerce, why can't I bring e-commerce to like home services? Um, and I knew that I would probably be better than most of the people doing that thing at marketing and figuring out customer acquisition and all that stuff. So I, I took my eBay affiliate marketing stuff and brought that to to home services and um, did like I got up to like fifty thousand a month in like seven months or something along those lines, bro. I had never seen anything like it, so I just kept going. Yeah. Sick. How are you, you driving traffic? Up, uh, going the route of like actually building your own cleaning business just so you could reliably fulfill the demand that you were capturing. Um, or? Like, it sounds like that's going pretty well. Like, why why do you start getting your hands dirty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of ended up, you know, wanting more control of the customer experience and more con more control yeah. of Rowan, you customer there? service and so on. Yeah, do you guys can hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear you. Okay, cool. cool. Same. Yeah, so I, I I wanted more control of the customer experience. So I was like, okay, you know what? Let me bring people in house. But for like the first year or so, it was just completely. Um, arbitraging off of um, contractors. Yeah. And where were you driving that traffic from? Was it, I mean, this is sort of, I think, interesting. I think there's a lot of opportunity. A lot of us who sit in this internet marketing world, it's so obvious, right? For all of us, we're like, oh, here's a different channel, SEO or PPC or what. But like, I think that for the home services businesses, there's a ton of opportunity that people aren't seeing. So where was the first place you were going for that? Random, bro. Randomly. Randomly, the first place I drove traffic from was local restaurant review blogs. It's kind of weird <laughs> because, yeah. That's sick, <laughs> Because though. at the time, I, I kind of like knew a bunch of these restaurant review bloggers from Twitter. And I was like, yeah, you know, if you put a, if you put like a, you know, uh, a banner of my website on your blog, I can pay you this amount. 
or I can track it and I can pay you per transaction. So they were like, yeah, sure. Because those bloggers, they don't make that much money. And here sure. I was able to pay them like $100 per transaction. So those bloggers were my first source of leads. And then I went to like the typical places like Yelp and Angie's List and Thumbtack. And then, of course, I rolled into Google SEO stuff and then Google AdWords. But it really started with bloggers. Yeah. Dude, so you were just buying display ads. You're buying banner ads from bloggers. Right? Yes, sort of I was how it buying started. banner ads from bloggers. And for some of them, I would offer them like a free cleaning and use that as a review. And they would write about it on the blog. And then at the end, it will be like an affiliate link. I just, that's like the most old school. Like, I love that. Like, I've, I literally have not even heard anyone talk about buying like a banner. Because whenever yeah. people do display advertising now, they do it through like an ad network, right? It doesn't ever, yeah. like, that's like the old school. That's like some true old school grind in terms of the internet <laughs> marketing world. So I love that, dude. Kudos. I was hustling, bro. <laughs> what, and then what time you, frame yeah, was go, that? Go ahead. Like, when was that? This was like 2011. So 2010 into okay. 2011. Yeah. This one is I, I had I had a blog I was selling banner ads for in that time frame. So I guess that is kind of <laughs> like that. That was kind of in the middle. I remember for me then, like I had the AdSense hustle or and this is on the music blogs. So they made a little bit of money from AdSense. But anytime I could go and sell a banner to uh, exactly who I wanted to, it was way mm-hmm. more money. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys People know forget- shoe, shoe Money? Yeah, I definitely know Shoe Money. But the fake AdSense check, shoe money? Yes, <laughs> yes. So that was the guy that, that, that kind of got me into saying, you know what? I can take my affiliate marketing expertise and bring it to local. So I got to give my him man. credit for that. That yeah. is so OG. I have not anyone heard anyone talk about shoe money <laughs> in so, so, so long. He was like the guru of affiliate marketing sort of and getting AdSense checks. And there was like a big, there was a big thing. He had this fake AdSense check, right? That was like yeah. a, like... Is Jeremy is his name, maybe? Yeah. Wait, fake? I, like, I, like how, what kind fake. of fake? I'll show it. Dude, I'm going to send it in the chat. Shoemoney.com. <laughs> God. I mean, like, just a giant. I mean, right now, I mean, he still has this iconic, from 2017, the iconic Google AdSense check and my 10-year journey after. And it's, the amount is 132994 You know, it's so funny, but uh, all that is like, you, everyone gets all, um, money becomes so relative so quickly and I do not in any regard want to downplay $100,000 a month. That's like an awesome amount of money for anyone. But like in general, like in the scheme of businesses, I think that it becomes like an impressive amount of money when you're like an affiliate marketer sitting at, on your laptop. But like, you know, when we start talking about real businesses and like you did $1.2 million last year, that's a great business for you or me. You know what I'm saying? But it's not like in terms of like the scheme of like checks to hold up. You know, you know, it's uh, so it's, it's, it's not like some with, mega. Fo- as, no, that one I think is real, goes, but he had there's, fake? Gotcha. there's a picture of him with a giant, giant, giant one that like is fake. I'll find it for you. I'll find it for you. Gotcha. But tell us about dude, I'm really what I'm really interested in is like, I mean, since I'll probably never get into cleaning biz, I'm really interested in the pivot to SaaS, right? I've done some consulting for SaaS. Mm-hmm. Um, I've owned tiny, tiny, tiny pieces of SaaS, but like I really constantly every day I'm thinking like, how do I buy or go build a software company? built off of that like works for my audience and the people that have bought my sawdust in terms of, you know, growing and selling websites. And like, can you just tell us about that SaaS a little bit and tell us about that funnel? I think I know what it is. I think I understand how that works from, from, from A to Z, but I would love you to sort of break it down. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at the time, you know, as the business was getting bigger, I started like literally when I, when I said I was doing 50,000 per month, that was like kind of like Google sheets, Zoho, Gmail. I had this hodgepodge of different random tools I was using. It was like literally like ugly, uh, completely ugly back end, right? So I was like, okay, let me pause, take some money and build some software that I can manage this operations, right? So I just, you know, hired some person at Upwork, started building this software and that became version one of the SaaS, but it was built for me, right? Then I started kind of telling my story on Reddit and building a Reddit community. And folks were like, well, can we use your software if we were to follow you down this path of building a cleaning business? I was like, uh, sure. Uh, so I, I hired some more developers, took my version one that was meant for myself and turned that into a software that anybody could, could use. And that became um, essentially version two. And I told the people on Reddit, like, hey, if you guys sign up now, it's not done. It's not pretty. If you sign up now, I'm going to get you in at $59 per month. 
when it comes out, it's going to be closer to $200 per month. But if you sign up now, I'm going to lock you in at that price. People signed up. I use that money to pay for the developers, tweaked it, turned it into a SaaS, and then Sick. grew that bad boy. And um, we, we, we sold it for a couple of million dollars um, in 2019. Yeah. So how do you go from how do you go from account accountant to like using urgency to upsell the SaaS? Like that's an amazing. There, Google, you don't bro. need to answer that question, but that's like a Google, like, bro. Like, you know, the, no, the price, like, <laughs> he said, Google. I love that Google, bro. Yeah, man. I think that that's one thing we all realize is that, uh, like, I didn't go to school for any of the stuff I talk about, right? Like, everything I know is like probably findable on the internet, or if you just got your hands dirty a little bit, you'd figure it out yourself, mm-hmm. right? Um, but I love that. That's what I did for my course the first go around of it. I did a pre sale, I wasn't going to do a course, I hated the concept of it. Um, the homie Daniel uh, cold email wizard was like, dude, you got to just do this. You got to just do this. You got to just do this. Trust me. And I did a pre-sale of it. One email on a Sunday and I priced it. I said very clearly in the email, like this does not exist yet. You know, you, I'm going to raise the price. Everyone's got an opportunity to buy it now. If enough, you buy this, I will build this course. And I think we did like $17,000 like from one email. And, and at the time I think I had 1200 email subscribers. So I was like, oh my God. It didn't exist. And it didn't exist. It did not exist. The trick was to tell people this doesn't exist, right? Like the trick was just to like, I was just Mm -hmm. validating demand, right? And I would have been very happy to, if if four people had bought it, just refund them. (laughs) If if only four people had bought it, I just would have been like, nah, here's your money back. I'm not gonna, (laughs) this is is not worth worth me making. But I think the validating demand Mm -hmm. thing is is sort of the alpha in that story, right? Everyone sort of got the opportunity to validate demand. But with that said, your your Reddit is big, right? Can you tell us about that? Because I like that sort of was a, a thing for you, right? What is the what is the subreddit? Let me go to it. It's our entrepreneur right along. So basically, what I did was I was like, "Yo, these cleaning businesses, anybody can build them very very easily." And I'm so confident of that. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna let you guys watch me build a new business from scratch. From, from zero to launch in 30 days. I, I'll, let, I'll let you see everything I do for the whole 30 days. And that was how that subreddit began. And it, it, literally, it was just right along with me as I build a business. And I showed them the whole deal. And those people became the people that signed up for the software. Um, Yo, and it's now got it's like 200,000 subs on Reddit? Yeah, that was like 200,000 subs, yeah. God, um, that's pretty serious. No, no, I mean, I didn't even realize that because that's like... I don't know. That's nutty. That's, I don't think people recognize the reality of what that means, actually. I kind of like, I, I kind of had, I kind of had a, a, abstracted what a subreddit was. Mm-hmm. Like I'd never thought of someone's just starts a, one of these subreddits and then it becomes, becomes a thing. I don't know. Maybe I thought that they just one day all existed and then they were, but that's incredible that you just created that and it, and it popped off. So does it have a bunch of people doing what you initially did there? Just like posting updates and building in public kind of? Yeah. So so um, a bunch of people post updates. There's been a bunch of spinoff ones from there. Um, but that's kind of like the premise of it to post updates. Um, and a lot of people migrated to Facebook as well. Um, I, I kind of like wanted to control them a little bit more. So we move over to Facebook. But yeah, those Reddit folks, um, they became the people that drove um, a bunch of revenue on the software. And by the time I sold the software, it was doing, it was processing for those people on Reddit about $150 million per year. So those folks like listen to the thing, follow, follow the guidelines, bought the software. And then I, I, by the time you sold it in 2019, they were making a combined $150 million per year. So, so the stuff works, and I was like, "Yo, man, I get all these messages of people saying, "Yo, I'm so glad I was there or whatever." It, it was the wildest time, bro. I used to be on Reddit like literally like 20 hours a day um, in the beginning. Yeah, that's how I feel about Twitter. You, you sold the uh, you sold the SaaS, but then you're still doing like a, an info product around around doing a clean cleaning business. Yeah, yeah. So so. We, we, I, I did an info product, but I've realized that I don't love it. So I'm kind of like not really pushing it anymore. I don't love the process of like, like, like here's this thing that is really predictable. It is like a pot of gold for so many people. So many millionaires came out of that subreddit. And here I am having to convince people 
to like I, I gotta drag them to the river and make them drink and i just don't like that whole process i'm like yo so i don't think i'm gonna do it anymore and instead we're just working on building a national cleaning business and trying to expand so that's what we're working on now yeah dope so you're just you're just doing the services business now yeah yeah focus yeah trying to build like a handy like i clean in first of course because that's the single best service for in uh, right. like no matter what it's, it's the best one and then we'll add some more yeah. as we go yeah are you do you use the SaaS that you built in that business today um uh no we me and my business partner <laughs> built another SaaS. <laughs> we built a second wasn't one in the agreement that you couldn't <laughs> that you couldn't do that <laughs> yeah like so, your earn out period or what yes yes yeah, yeah, yeah no no exactly bro so 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 i can't build another SaaS and open it up to customers but i can build you know it's just it's just the engine to manage our operations is Oh, so right now it's just it's an internal tool. Right now it's internal, but it could become a SaaS when my earn out is, is done. Exactly what you said. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Sick. Mm-hmm. Have you built any other SaaSes? I mean, yeah. that seems like a, like a, yeah, let's hear about some of those. Let's, 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 cause I'm pumped on that stuff. Yeah. I built a company called Trip Launch. So um, it's Trip Launch dot, um, shoot, I can't remember. IO? Yeah. Um, no, CO. CEO, we're looking for it now. So triplaunch.co. And what we did is said, okay, if you want to, to, to do a travel, a group travel business, use our software to manage your payments, manage your your um, customer-facing landing page, manage your scheduling for your group trip. So so, so people have sold about $1.2 million of group trips on there, and we get mm-hmm. like 10%. So... It's kind of like a small little project, but it brings in money because we just get a percentage of each trip sold. Yeah. Yo, I like all of, I love this because it's just like, it's a fairly run of the mill concept niched into a specific space, right? Like that's the, it sounds like what you're talking about on the cleaning business SaaS is, you know, job management and CRM, like more or less. And then this is just like an event booking app, but you, you niche it into a space and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're cooking bro exactly um because it's really the same thing when you think about it right but we niche all the way down we niche down to travel and we niche down to group travel and we niche down to these black group travelers like they they sure. they book these trips and go to like mexico with like with like 300 black people in cancun at the same time and and it happens right. um in these group trips so 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 we knew that they needed something um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, that sounds like that would be a mess to manage something like that without a decent tool. Yep, exactly. I, I can't imagine the spreadsheet or lack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What are you exactly. doing? What do you do what for are, customer uh, acquisition? What are some ideas for SaaSes you you decided not to make, or things that uh, <laughs> that you've kind of thrown around and just haven't made made it to life? Oh, SaaSes I haven't made. Oh, so uh, man. I think we kind of made everything we wanted to make. Like, I've made a bunch <laughs> more stuff, yo. It just that uh, I made stuff that it just never came out. It kind of failed, or it became really small. Like um, Easy Hire is a hiring platform that people can use to onboard new hires and so on, and that does like eight hundred dollars a month. Um, so it pays for itself, but you know, so so I have a couple right. of those in the bag as well. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I kind of like just build what we want now because now, now I have a development team and the capital that right. can kind of build, build, build what we want. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what does that, what does that look like? I think it's good when people start looking at doing this themselves, it's like, Hey, it's good to know that people have failed or built some things to pay for itself, but didn't take off. Cause sometimes they just hear about the wins. But yeah. When you talk about having a development team, what does that look like? Are they, they local, are they overseas, uh, kind of diff- different levels of skills, like, uh, yeah, any recommendations for people building them themselves? Oh man, that's a fantastic question. So right now, my development team, they're, they're spread across the world. Um, Ecuador, Venezuela, Mexico, Russia, Washington, D.C., and Ghana. That's where Squad. our crew is all over the place. So our, our, our meetings are weird. It's <laughs> a find a good time that, that works for everybody. <laughs> but yeah, we, we found a bunch of these people on Upwork. And then over time, we kept working with them for a long time. And now most of them we've been working with for like three or four, five, six even eight years for one person. So, yeah. That's, I mean, my, I, my, I think we have tweeted back and forth about it a little bit, but like my main guy I've been working with for five years and I, I had a weird realization recently when it was like, I don't, 
I've been working with pretty much no one for five years straight. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've worked with Warren for like cumulatively longer than that, but not for like a five-year run. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my longest tenured, uh, uh, colleague is, is uh, a dude in India that I've never met in person, which is, which is crazy, but you can get insanely talented people mm-hmm. on, uh, on the upworks of the world. Um, and I'm pretty sure he does pretty well, um, by, by in terms of what he needs to do for his family with, with the arrangement we have. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you can what really do you do? What... change people's lives. Go ahead, James. Yeah. I was going to ask, what do you, so it's so funny. Cause I'm, I, you know, yesterday, Colin, I always say I'm not a technical person and Colin, it's like, you're definitely somewhat technical, but like, I've really, my, 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 my shtick is like customer acquisition stuff. Right. Mm. So I think that for me, like what I'm curious about is like how you, when you spin up all these different things, like clearly like having a 200,000 person community is, I don't, we could talk about that even more at another point. Cause I think people don't recognize having a captive audience like that can do for, for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but like in general, like when you do like easy hire or any of these other things, like I mean, clearly the, the the software for the the self cleaning businesses that that's easy, right? That you're just plugging that into the people from your community. But mm-hmm. when you spin up a new SaaS, wh- where are you going to find these customers, right? Like when you're talking about the travel one, right? Like you did 1.2 million in GMV last year or something, right? Yeah. Like they, they, you're taking a 10% vig on. Like what? Do, how are you getting 1.2 million through those doors? You know, like it's it's a great idea, but like, yeah, how do you? Is there like a concerted effort? Like, because I think that's where a lot of people get lost. Yeah, a lot of people get totally lost. There's so many options, but like, are you growth hacking it? Or are you just running paid? Like, what what do you do for these things? So, so, so zero paid. Um, so, so okay. So that's a really good example for trip launch, right? For me, I really like the community part of it. Like, how can I build a community around this thing, or how can I leverage an existing community to grow this thing? So, for trip launch, as an example, these communities exist almost exclusively one place: Facebook. Facebook groups, right? Facebook group, Facebook groups. So there's all these massive um, travel groups. There's one that's like maybe like 400,000 people and they do group travels every single day, bro. So I went in, so we we talked to the group admin, blah, 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 blah. Um, We started writing content. Um, I like, I like writing content. I like finding creative ways to tell stories. We did one group trip ourselves. We did a trip to Cuba and we used that group trip that we did. So just generate content that lasted for a whole year. And then um, and we leverage that to bring people through like a little mini 10-minute webinar in quotation marks and then to sign up for the software so they can run their own group trips. So that's kind of how we did it, just for leveraging community and through content. Sick. Yeah. I think most people don't recognize there's an opportunity. I, I always tell people that their audience is already gathered online. Like everyone you want to sell to is already online somewhere. Yeah. It's like, where can you go find them? Right. Like that's how we grew a financial newsletter was basically Facebook groups about stocks. And we would just go become part of those communities and like organically share yeah. our newsletter. Yeah, you know? ab- absolutely. So. And the same with our, like we also did a subscription box company. We, we, we sold that as well. We were doing wet shaving products. We found the wet shaving community on Reddit and a bunch more shaving communities on Reddit, put out some dope content. You know what, what I think is dope content. People loved it and people signed up. Um, we were sh- selling out shipping boxes for like $29 a month. And <laughs> we had thousands of customers just from leveraging Reddit and content. Yeah. So I, I think a takeaway there is, right, everybody, all four of us are like, you know, building building an audience and like trying to grow our, our personal brands and personal followings uh, on Twitter or various places. But it sounds like with with uh, with trip launch, you went into an existing audience basically, and just made friends and, and got in the mix there by by being able to relate to them and then and then doing content. I think that that's a very important takeaway because it's easy for people like us to get this big old big old audience where you can effectively do anything, and then everything's going to work to some degree. Um, but even if you don't have that, I think there's there's just so much you can do going and, and latching on to an existing thing. Cause even if, you know, I don't know exactly what you worked out with the admins of that group you mentioned, but, um, e- even if, uh, even if they weren't about it, they probably would have sold you ads and, and, uh, yeah. and doing paid in a group like that would, would probably have a similar outcome. Um, even if you weren't doing a bunch of organic and just like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, having great product market fit. Yeah, bro. I, I, I think that's really important. And I'm glad you, I, I'm glad you said that for your audience. Like, 
there are all these existing audiences that they want to be sold on the thing that they're interested in. So they have this hobby. <laughs> they already like communicate together every single day. They talk every day. They share ideas. They share discount codes for different opportunities. This is their lives. This is what they love. So if you can get in there and sell them something that they already tell you that they want, it's, 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 it's brilliant. Like you don't have to go create something and then try to go find the demand. We say, okay, let's go find the demand first and then create that thing. And that goes for wet shaving. That goes for group travel. That goes for um, you know home cleaning software, whatever. We want to find the demand first and then create versus the other way around. Yeah. I feel like that's a little bit in kind of a different light, a little bit of what Oren is finding with the the product people newsletter that he's launched, right? Mm. There's like a b- bizarrely this gap um, on the internet, I feel like, of, of the people that like make physical products and mm. bring them to fruition. And uh, so like Oren hasn't been like able to latch onto a Facebook group where these people already were, but like the the amount of product market fit that he's finding by just like putting threads into the world um is is pretty crazy it's it's one of those two where then you look at if you do are able to find the unique niche you know if you're trying to build something quick you can yeah and or even if you're trying to build something and just know your targets there and you don't have to spend a bunch on paid you can build onto a community if you sign something that doesn't have a community and there's a demand then all those are options like if i had a 10 person team or even if i just was like hey i want to go all in on this and it's like all right let's really focus on the reddit and do exactly what what rowan talked about I'm like i'm gonna build a product for the first 60 days yeah. and you're gonna document everything and then hey let's get the facebook group going and, and promote mm-hmm. it with the you know the team from this and that and get the tiktok niche like if you see that opportunity you know for for the right person it's like don't be afraid to go all in yeah i've i've kind of felt like the community buzzword is like uh, a buzzword i guess but it seems like it it is a recurring theme that it comes back to just finding your people what? on the internet. I think I think we're, we're missing a, a segment in that. I think why it's a buzzword is that like, if I go into a discord, like I'm lost in the sauce. Like I read a lot and don't contribute. Like I'll read Reddit and not be in it. Like there's this gap between like a group chat with like, you know, three to, to, to eight people, right? Which is like super sick and you get a ton of value of. And then like, oh, now I'm in a Facebook group or a discord group. And it's like, it started off as a thousand and it was tight, but now it's huge. And so it's like, where is that room for the 200 people, 300 people? And really right now that's like paid cohorts and stuff like that. But that's like not, that's a example of a community, but it's not like, how do you get that genuine feeling of the group chat? And then like the, the toolkit of, um, you know, of like the discord and, and like find that balance. I think that's what a lot of creators are working on and, and challenged by. Yo, I just saw uh, Alex Cohen, who's kind of like a, uh, I think it'd be reasonable to describe him as a shit poster. Uh, but he, he's yeah. like a, I think he's also manager. like the same of carbon health, right? He's like a real he's person like, as well, I think right? he does product there. Right. But he was, okay. he was just tweeting about, uh, uh, being in a test group for an app that he described as being like Instagram, but for private groups. So uh, I think like what you just said, or in just like super small groups where it's like, there's a feed, there's stories, there's messenger, but it's for a, a little, a small group, something in between a, a group chat. He literally described it as for bigger than a group chat and smaller than, than like a discord. Well, I think the question is what's the, you know, I'm, I play with, cause I run a cohort through a Facebook group right now. And it's interesting, Rohan, that you have p- pivoted to bring everyone to Facebook from Reddit. You know, Reddit is like this weird beast to me that is a corner of the internet that is like, you know, like I've played around with it. I've got some, I've gamed it before, gotten to front page with some, with some viral content on purpose, you know, but like, it's just a different consumer. But point is, is that I think there's a, what we're going to start looking into is that Facebook groups aren't even great in terms of what I, what I think is great for community management and at our size of a hundred in a cohort even. And I think that maybe the answer is, have you looked at things like circle? Like what do you, are you still have everyone on Facebook? Are you like a Slack? Like, I don't know. Like I, just to like sort of get abstract here uh, and not just like story stuff. Like where do you see, like what, what are you looking at using? I, I, I think that maybe the answer for me might be circle or Slack. Facebook just feels fucking archaic. I mean, excuse my language, right? It's it just so feels good, like, though. you know, no, like it's somebody, great because it, everyone's already take, on it, right? Somebody, yeah, I know, yeah, Facebook our, our, groups. It's so active. Somebody's gonna take Facebook good. groups, add like Web three sign in, and it's gonna sure. raise ten million dollars and and make a run of being. The I just like the Facebook group for a lot of these. Like we have a Facebook group for one business I'm in. It's like a very premium product. Like the product costs ten thousand dollars plus. 
And all these guys are on Facebook and they're just not on any network. They're not onboarding into Web3 and it's so easy for them and it shows them that content. And like the level of engagement we have there with our customers it is absolutely bananas the way I couldn't think possible. And I don't think any app is going to be able to like, I'm not going to get them to sign up for Mighty Networks. You know, it's just an interesting yeah. product market fit. Yeah. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah, I, I, I kind of... So, so I know like Facebook definitely worked well for us um, at the time we, we were using it. But to your point, yeah, we have since migrated to Slack. Like, we we've moved our core course community onto Slack. We have our teams, or um, you know, our our, our technical um, service providers on Slack by city. So we're using Slack now for everything. But just maybe two, three years ago, we were using Facebook groups for everything. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I see. Because sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Conga. No, you go ahead. No, so I see in my Facebook group, I want different like channels. Like, so that's obviously what's cool about Slack, right? But it, what I've realized from Facebook groups is like, there's actually more functionality to it than I think there is. Like, if you're in it, like you can you can like hashtag certain things and it'll categorize it for certain places and pin post certain places and host live Q and As, et cetera, et cetera. But like, it just doesn't feel intuitive to me, you know. And it might be just because like I'm so used to Facebook as Facebook. Right, like I, you know, for twenty years now, I've, you know, I've logged into a Facebook account, which is crazy to say. God, like almost twenty years of logging into a Facebook <laughs> account, um, which I mean, I remember when I had to, like, I couldn't get. A, I met a girl at a bar in high school with my fake ID, and she like was asked if I was on Facebook, and I realized that I didn't have a college email, so I couldn't get onto Facebook. You know, which was like I was to at the community you. college. I was at the community college, bro, and I, it wasn't a dot edu email, and I was toast. <laughs> And we're out here looking like scrubs couldn't get, but that's yeah. what I'm saying. So like, I'm so, you, you, what the nice thing about Facebook is that like everyone has an account, right? So that onboarding process is obscenely easy, right? Um, but I do think that like, I'm just so, it's so ingrained into me the way that I look at Facebook that like, I don't even think about running a group correctly. Maybe I'm just not, maybe I'm just not looking into enough, but there's definitely, I didn't even, this is so dumb of me. I didn't even think about how like if Facebook made its own, God, what a great opportunity for Facebook. Like Facebook made groups, maybe its own standalone thing that was still connect, you could still log into through the normal Facebook, like mm -hmm. probably would crush, right? Because there's obviously community management is such a huge, it's it's as much of a hot topic as Web three is, right? Like, and uh, you know, I feel like so it's a huge I, opportunity. I want to I want to stay on this rabbit hole for a sec because I think that like you know Slacks and Discord, the Slacks and Discords of the world, which those are probably the two, are kind of billed as the modern forum or Facebook group. And I just think that they're so like inherently different. Like I'm, I'm in Reddit right now, which Reddit is like the forum of the internet, but I'm sure we all used in the past forums that ran on like BB bulletin or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, yeah, those <laughs> are such cool. different like products, right? It's like, it, it's uh, topic based threads rather than like, they're, they're just so different. And I think that there's a huge place for that kind of that kind of messaging or communication or community platform because discord is like you get so lost so fast like even even with like uh channels where i can go to a specific topic within the the discord server that i'm in like i like i don't want to spend three hours a day on there trying to keep up with stuff like like you can't i i feel like you can't use those unless you're almost living in them um and that makes it Definitely. work for like a course where it's like, okay, I paid for this thing. So I am going to live in here for the next, you know, 30 days or two weeks or whatever. But for the, the, like, I want to be a member of this community and talk with these people. Like it's just moving too fast that you can't find the stuff that you want to be, uh, you know, that you want to be talking about. And, uh, unless you're in there all the time, I don't know. I, I, th I think there's a huge gap there. I tweeted about it earlier today. Go check my Twitter. Call <laughs> <my Force>. uh, <laughs> Go follow, like, retweet, comment. Yeah. Um, no, you're definitely right, dude. I don't know. There's, this is like I think that uh, there's a great opportunity here. I think for the like I said, you know, with a hundred, I when I when I first launched my cohort, I was like, oh man, I got to use Facebook. That's the easiest onboarding. And I had this epiphany now several cohorts later, which is that like if you are hypothetically willing to spend X amount of dollars to be part of this program and then spend X Y amount more dollars to buy a website, like you are definitely willing to download a new product. Do you mean to, yeah. to in yeah. terms of, of logging in, right? But yeah. to your point about like a free community, just like, you know, just like how do I be part of this group and chat in here? I, you for sure, for sure has to be something where like it's pretty frictionless. And I that was my problem with some like muddy networks, right? Like 
is like, I like Slack hypothetically because everyone has Slack, right? Or at least everyone I know has Slack, even though they hate Slack. Um, so it's just, uh, I think it really just depends on sort of what your community is. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really worth looking at those demographics and thinking through what they do. And I think the, the tool that people don't use a lot too is like surveying your email list or asking those customers or putting that poll out there. Because I think like, like I mentioned- Where do you want to talk? For, for a high net worth, you know, for high net worth older men, like Facebook probably might, might be the only social network they have. For, you know, uh, if you're like focused on Gen Z, you're looking at something kind of different. It's like just putting yourself in the user's shoes of what do you want to be. And then the other foot of that, what are you actually comfortable in? Because, you know, yeah. like I, I assume Ron, you had some background in Reddit before you kind of created that subreddit. You have a, have a long history there and some comfort level or were you brand new? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had a long history there. I had been posting like um, big case studies and stuff on there. You, you know Reddit, man. It's full of crazy people. And then I wanted more control. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted a little bit more control. Right? So that I would sit down for, for like two weeks and create a case study. And then I post it. And then the mods are complaining in or some, you know, saying. So I just had to create my own. So that, that's how that started. Um, if you uh, if you're someone an entrepreneur like yeah and I, I ask this mostly for myself because I've always read a lot of Reddit yeah. but never gotten into it or posted on it where would you suggest beginning if you'd suggest beginning at all if you want to kind of get involved in there building your business um, yeah so our entrepreneur and our startup are my two favorite spots um, if you if you write a case study or, or you write a post that hits one of my posts I was doing twenty five thousand visitors per day for weeks and it was a like, it, it's still like, <laughs> I, I think it's still in the top 10 of all time on our entrepreneur so if, if you can find someone that really hits and connects the traffic is ridiculous that's crazy bro but so how'd you grow your subreddit like i mean let's get tactical for yeah. a second well, right because yeah, we could the just first 30 yeah. days of, of like a brand new subreddit with nobody on it like yeah so what, what i did to grow my subreddit was i i made a massive post on our entrepreneur because that was the, like like the biggest business subreddit, right? I made a massive post that I, I felt would do well and it did well. And then at the end I said, if you want to see me replicate this, here's the link to my new subreddit. Come join me and I'll do it over in real time and let you watch. So that's so I, I literally drew traffic from the main our entrepreneur to our entrepreneur right along. And then the first 30 days, every single day I would just log in. Here's me working on the website. Here's me choosing the, the domain name, setting up hosting, choosing brand colors, um, setting up Stripe, all the way to, hey, guys, we got our first customer. But they felt like a part of the journey, right? It wasn't like just them watching me. I would like, ask for advice. What do you guys think about this color versus this color, et cetera, et cetera. So that by the time I got my first customer, it felt like they got their first customer. You know what I'm saying? And then it was very, very Sick. easy then for me to go build the software and have this audience to sell um, whatever I want to. Yeah. So something I think is really interesting about that is like, obviously we, we live in a world of, of niches. We've talked about it a bunch, like on this conversation, but when you went to create entrepreneur ride along, it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't Rowan's journey making a cleaning company. It was this much broader entrepreneur ride along, uh, you know, brand in terms of what that subreddit was, which I think is a little counterintuitive to uh to everything else that we're we're talking about but it's probably why that gets big because it's not just like here's a guy doing this one thing it's something that could easily get traction and, and kind of get a life of its own um, um after the ball was rolling because i would imagine that you're not still like actively posting in here it started 10 years ago right yeah so i i agree with you completely because it was kind of like a niche, but still the, the delivery of it was kind of broad. So anybody can come in now and, and post their own ride along. Um, usually the ride alongs are like, you know, 30 days or so, just because that, that was how the first one went. Or anybody can post a random article or podcast. Like I, I don't moderate it too heavily. Um, but when it first started out, it was follow, follow Rohan doing this. And then you can go do your own and create your own right along. And it kind of took on its own life. So yeah, I don't post too often, but I still have it there where I can, I can create a post. I can pin the post. Um, I can send the post out to my email list, which a lot of that email list came from Reddit anyhow. And kind of like have this whole right. ecosystem where I can create this massive content because I, I like to create big form content, not just top 10 nonsense, right? I want to create some content right. that takes me like two weeks to write sometimes three weeks, sometimes a month, because I, I gather pictures and videos. It's really deep, really crazy. 
and then I know once I post that, traffic is guaranteed because I, I, I took the time. Not the top 10, blah, blah, blah. That's that's nonsense. Yep, yep. The original thread, you're the original threader. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the one responsible and, for all this. And uh, to be clear. Now we got to take you down, people, bro. You're... Yeah, there are, there are plenty of people doing the top 10 yada yadas on Twitter threads and yeah, uh, go Colin's the original book thread. He's responsible for all right. the book threads you see. So there's just a lot of like, you know, uh, it's kind of a father son thing going on here. I like it. <laughs> I love it. Yo, the, Ron, Ron, let's, let's, I, let's, I, I literally did before all these fucking book threads, I did an awful book thread that, that popped. And then all of a sudden they started going, I'm not sure if I was literally the original, but I was, I was an early book thread. Definitely, he ruined the internet. Colin's one of the great ruiners of Twitter. Colin, how many uh, of those books? You know, just real, real talk, have man, you read? To man. It's just us four here. How many of those books that you've written that did you read? Well, so those were both about. Those were both on books on. See history, what happened was that's all I read. <laughs> yeah, me and the no, guy. I, so like Cliff Notes, and I had this app. To be clear, to be clear, I read nothing but history. The threads were. I asked people what history books like they recommended, and then I—it was like literally the textbook awful. Bro, the, the answer is just a number, bro. It's just a number. Yeah. <laughs> How many women? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. More than half. More than half. All right, we got fifty-five percent. I will say though, I am blown away whenever I see these book threads. Let me tell you, as someone who actually enjoys reading and like has a hard time finding the time to read, you know, what I mean, like I'm not throwing anyone in the bus here. When people are like, here's thirty-seven books that you need to read, and if not. Your failure. Die. I'm just like, yeah. yeah, it's like, wow, you read a lot of books on the exact same topic again and again and again. It seems like very overwhelming to me. To, to you know, yeah, and, look, and, and, and to be fair, I don't want to call Colin directly. We're calling out the angst of this community that we know hasn't read these books. Uh, Colin, I know, is an, is an avid reader. I've seen Tolstoy. I've seen, you know what I'm saying? I, he, I've seen Kafka. You know what I mean? Uh, like, you know, we just, Animal House is just on the, on the side favorite. table. So I do respect uh, the hustle. Yeah. For sure. By the way, you, I love how when you said Animal House, are we talking about? We talk. Oh, about, sorry, Animal uh, Farm. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say yeah, you're yeah. Animal well, House. We're going is off a, dome. A yeah, from, from, from Kafka's Metamorphosis <laughs> to Animal House to Animal Farm. You know what I'm saying? Like this is just it's a it's a, a balance of opposites, my boys. A hundred percent, hundred percent. I was like, I don't know. It seemed like a jump. <laughs> it seemed like a jump from the Metamorphosis. Yeah, Rowan, what's the, the top 25 <laughs> history books that you've read in the last 30 days? <laughs> <laughs> I need to make that. I'm gonna make a troll thread about that. Top twenty, top twenty five books I read yesterday. What are yours? Yeah. But no, I'm for real, right now. Yeah, top. Yeah, top twenty. Yeah, but Ron, real quick, man. Um, I maybe you don't want to do it, but I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you are like us, in which the, the ideas flow. I know that you said that you pretty much have built every SaaS you want mm-hmm. to, right? And uh, and kudos to you. You sound like a doer. Um, and a shipper and, and a builder all in one. So that's sick. But, you know, can are there any things at all that you've thought about building out or communities that you see are like ripe for the picking in terms of like, you know, like, because there's all time I could spit off ideas all day and people sometimes are like, I don't like to share my ideas because maybe someone's going to take them. Like pff, the amount of ideas that are flowing through this ridiculous little head of chaos are, there's no way I could accomplish all of them. <laughs> I hope someone takes you know? them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope someone builds on some of these, right? Are there, are there anything, and you don't have yeah. to, maybe maybe you want to keep all the alpha to yourself. No, no, no. You know what I mean? You're greedy and I get no, that, you know? There, there, there is one, bro. Um, dude, so <laughs> Colin was joking earlier about ending up in real estate. So has anyone ever seen um, Appfolio? So... Yes, yeah. I know Appfolio for yeah, sure. Yeah, so Appfolio for the audience is um, a piece of software that apart, apartment owners or rental agencies or even the homeowners, property managers, use to manage their properties, manage their renters, manage, manage rent payments, and so on, right? And they are, like, I don't know, maybe a $7 billion company, a, a massive company. The software absolutely sucks. And so I like stuff like that where it's such a successful company because the demand is there, but the development of the product just has not been great. And I, I feel like that's right for some person to come in and just make it look like it was actually built in 2022 and not like 1998. Um, so that's one that's on my yeah. mind for like, you know, whenever things are slow and chill, I'm like, man, that would be something interesting to, to go after. I love that because I think conventional wisdom would say, oh, but they're, you know, they're a Goliath, yada, yada, yada. But 
Goliath is not suited to go and compete with somebody that's scrappy that's going to have an MVP up in four weeks, right? And Goliath also has like all this technical debt where instead of just making a good modern app, they've been just like iterating on a huge piece of shit for like 25 years or whatever it's been. I know nothing about Appfolio, so I'm just spitballing. But uh, I, I just think there's so much opportunity in taking out piece and taking out players like that. We're not taking them out, but just going and taking what to them is like a, a small chunk of their business. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that is eight figures, no problem. I think like in the same vein, I think CRM for X is like such a massive opportunity because Salesforce Definitely. is an incredible piece of software. If you want to spend all this time configuring it and dialing it in and then paying way too much. And you can build such a simple CRM that is for an exact use case mm-hmm. where you don't need all of the the feature set and all the configuration capabilities that a Salesforce has to just build exactly for this niche and then go and just pump recurring revenue. Bro. I, I love plays like Bro, that. so absolutely. So 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 I'll just add this too. And this isn't just this isn't a specific thing that I want to do, but the overall concept is really, really sound, what you just said, Colin. You can look at any piece of software like Salesforce, like um, HubSpot, like any of those pieces of software. Find a one particular industry. That industry could be lawn cleaning. Who cares? It could be um, it, it could be hairdressers. It doesn't matter. Just find one industry and make that massive, ugly, huge SaaS software that's doing like ten billion dollars a year and make that version for the little hairdresser that lives in North America or, you know, wherever. And you can yep. pull tens of million dollars out. <laughs> it's just there for the picking, yep. bro. Yeah. While, while providing a, a truckload of value to those people, right? Like all these things are solving a problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I th- we, we, Orr and I were talking about this earlier, but like there's so much power in like the B2B offering. I have done a lot of B2C stuff in my life, but like I kind of just want to get more, like take a lot of things I do that are B2C and figure out how to make them B2B because it's just so much easier to provide value for someone that already is deriving revenue from something, right? Like it's just much easier for me to say to you, like you make, you're doing $10 million a year, you're doing $5 million a year. Like it is worth you paying $300 a month, or $200 a month for something or $5,000 for this offering because the example I always give when I was doing a lot of consulting stuff was that like, I'm fairly confident that there's not a business in the world, and I'm sure many, all you on this, on this pod as well, but not a business in the world I couldn't look at and find a 1% inefficiency in terms of customer acquisition or, or monetization or retention, right? And so if that's true and you make $10,000 a month, then that value to you is $100 a month, right? So there's very little, I can't charge you $50,000 for my services. But if that's true and, a, and you have a $100 million a year business, then I just provided a million dollars of, you know, a million dollars of value. And it makes total sense to pay me a hundred thousand dollars, right. For that, for that service. And so it's just about like going and solving bigger problems. And so I think that like finding communities, I think there's an interesting takeaway to pull out of this, which is that like to go find communities of um, engaged audiences, if you can find them in the B2B niche, where all of a sudden you can justify the concept of like, if you pay me X, you're going to get X plus one back on your P&L, which is really the goal here for all, B, all B2B stuff. Um, that if you can find niche communities about people that are already making money and you can provide a product for them that is tailored to them, but maybe already exists for a larger mm-hmm. market segment, that you can get a banger of a SaaS every single time. Is that a fair statement? Absolutely. And I will take everything you said and I'll add one more tiny thing to it. When you create your SaaS, you don't have to, like, that bigger product is already existing. It has all all these different functions, right? It it can do this, this, this. The list of functions is, is like 300 or something. What we did was to say, you know what? We have our niche. We only need to solve one part of it. So... With our version of, of, of this, we solve online booking. That was it. So when my software first came out, we wanted to solve one piece of it, and that's online booking because we, we choose the, the thing that would mean the most to people. It would drive the most value right now. So it allowed us to just focus on that one thing. It, so we were like an online booking thing. Then once you have your online booking, like you got the customer, then we can add um, scheduling and field management and all these other things and payroll and you know payment processing but at the beginning we just say you know what let's solve this one thing and i bet you we can get customers that want this one thing solved properly so you can niche all the way down by industry by you know b2b versus b2c 
and then niche further into like one single little piece of the product. And you can sell that and then use that money to build out the entire thing um, over time. And, th and that's how we did it. Yeah. Awesome. Dude, that's a great, that's a great soundbite. I think that's I the like trick, right? That, so that's a perfect four close here. here. We, we could talk for the rest <laughs> of the day or we could, we could let it end on a concise, solid piece of free game. Hey. Um, thanks so much for coming on, dude. Like, like, yeah, this is great. You know, Ron, seriously, it. what you have done is like, like this, like you're doing the ideal playbook. I'm, I'm very jealous of you. Uh, I found myself in a very complicated business. I love what you've done. Um, and hope to be there someday. Oh man, shoot, whatever, bro. If if if, if I could swap annual revenue. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if the metrics were annual revenue, this would all be looking a lot different. All right, all right. <laughs> but yeah, if only everything was about top line. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> is there is there uh, anything you want to plug or uh, where can where can people find you? Um, yeah, twitter.com, Rohan Jilts. Um, that's about it. Instagram, I'm never on there. Facebook, I'm never on there. Um, yeah, just Twitter. Um, that's my spot right now. Yep. Yeah. The spot. That's the spot. Cool. Thanks for having me, fellas. Thanks, so Thanks for having me. This was fun. Thanks, y'all. Yeah. Thanks for joining. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers. Stay rich, money, Twitter. <laughs>